census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Podcast. I'm your host Patrick Rail, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. We are here from the uh, the uh, bowels of Magenta Manor. I know. Did that's you your forget favorite. where you were? No, I didn't forget where. I don't I am. know where I am. I was I was hesitating on whether or not to say bowels, but yeah, we're in the bowels of Magenta Manor in the Pat Cave, and we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee and the Dorkening Network. And uh, naturally, as you already heard. I'm not here by myself. I'm here with my co-host on the show, my co-host in life. She is <gasps> the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Queen Regent of Rosé, the Mistress of Merlot, the uh, Michael Phelps of Wine, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Queen of the Monsters, and an honorary Lizzie, ladies and gentlemen, Ashes von Nightmare. Happy Ashtober, everyone. Yeah, because by the time this airs, even though we are technically recording it on Thursday, by the time everyone listens to it, it will be Ashtober. So, uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Yes, yes. Uh, so excited! I was excited. I wore a pumpkin hat to set Spooky today. Spooky season. Um, I do want to say I point. Uh, I want to point out that I won uh, a contest uh, on Wednesday of this week because it's uh, like Wacky Wednesdays uh, on set. So this week it was you know everybody should wear pink. You know on Wednesdays we wear pink, and. Uh, some of the folks in the production office all wore uh, pink shirts that said, you can't sit with us. Uh, but I ended up winning the, uh, the, the like first prize because I wore uh, knee-high Star Wars socks uh, that I, I wore shorts as well. So I wore knee-high Star Wars socks. I wore my, uh, my Nike shoes with the uh, bright pink in them. I wore my sophisticated uh, T-shirt. I had a pink bandana. I wore my, my my pink sweatshirt that you can see from space. And I had a uh, pink uh, arm sleeve. So I was decked out. They When they announced it on, like, Monday or Tuesday, I think it was Monday they announced it. When they announced it, I told them, I said, you guys have no idea what you're in for. You cannot handle what I am about to unleash. That's so fetch. I don't know what that means. But uh, uh, we'll try and make that happen for you. Um <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah when i showed up they were like oh my god and you have to remember by the time i showed up like the sun had just barely risen because i've been on set from 6 to six thirty every day to about 8 every day so it's a long long day i see the sunrise and the sunset like i'm driving there before the sun rises and i'm driving home well after the sun goes down so it's long, but you know what? It's the best job I've ever had, and I fucking love it. And I'm meeting a lot of cool new people. Uh, I'm learning a little bit here and there about like what 
different people do behind the scenes on movies. But uh, that's not what we're here to talk about today. We maybe we'll do do that uh, on a uh, Shark Bites episode at some point. You know, kind of talk about some of the behind the scenes stuff that I think is really cool and a lot of fun. Uh, I saw somebody jump off a roof today, like. <laughs> Like intentionally? Yeah, like they had. So there was a scene where uh, a character jumps off a roof, and they had like all the like all the cardboard boxes and all the uh, like the inflatable like mattress dealy, like not it's not like an air mattress, but like the the thing that catches the people when they jump off roofs. Um, and I was talking to one of the other production assistants, and I said, I know I'm 40 years old and out of shape, but, like, I really want to run through this building and just, like, Whee! leap off of the, the, the porch and onto the airbag. And he was laughing, and I'm like, I think I want this for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Like, I never know what I'm going to be doing from one day to the next, so... I mean, it it gives you a little bit of, uh, you know, like, intrigue when you show up. It's like, hey, I need you to, oh, sorry. It's like, hey, I need you to drive to some place. I forget where the hell I drove the other. Oh, Woburn. I need you to drive to Woburn to get some tape and, uh, you know, some backdrop stuff. Okay? Other days, it's like, oh, I need you and three other people to move this tent from over there to over here. Or the day that it rained all day, like, all of us were just, like, on point, like, grabbing equipment, grabbing tents, like, moving moving the tents to protect all the equipment. But that's not what we're talking about today. No, we are talking about different things today. Because something we were going to talk about a couple of weeks ago, but we ended up getting sidetracked and derailed. But I still think it fits in because it's the start well, of spooky season. Well, I mean, it's spooky season, season and yeah. this is a very spooky character. Bleh! No, it's not Dr. Acula. It's, uh, we're going to be talking about Van Helsing. Van Helsing. Uh, mostly. Yeah. And the cat, cat seems <laughs> to want to get in on it. Mostly. You got something to say, Schmooze? From the, uh, 2004 Steven Summers film, which stars, oh. uh, uh, huge jacked man and, uh, Kate Beckinsale, who originally wasn't going to do the movie because she didn't want to be typecast as, like, that vampire lady. And then she proceeded to do 27 Underworld films. Um, but you know, it ties into what we did recently with the mummy because it was directed by Steven Summers and the guy who played Benny was also Igor, you know, so very similar style of characters. Um, but we have a getting into character question that we have to focus on first because this is the getting into character segment. So Ashes, what is our getting into character question? So, because we're talking about Van Helsing today, and he's a monster hunter, today's getting into character question is, if you can join anybody, either any one person or any group of people, to monster hunt, who would you join, and what monsters would you hunt? Well, I mean, I mean the first and most obvious, obvious choice would be you know, our friends over at Paranormal Punchers because they generally have beer. Um, but 
I would say I would have to I would have to join the Monster Squad, even though they already have a Patrick. Like I could I could be PJ or Patsy, you know. I, I could do one of those. Well, it's, it's nice that you're flexible. Yeah, I'm flexible. Unless, and Patrick too. Like we could fight for it, and like whoever loses has to like be like something else, like Gerald. I don't know. Um, but you know, as far as what monsters we would hunt, oh, something easy like skeletons, like. If we had a choice, like, these kids didn't have a choice. You know, like, all these monsters just showed up. Um, but if if we were choosing, like, all right, we're going to choose what to hunt. And it's like, all right, let's hunt skeletons. Because I think I could kick the shit out of a skeleton, even, like, right now, like, without well, I mean, any like training. You think you could. It's a skeleton. But, like, if it's an animated skeleton, like a, a skeleton like a brought to light. No, not, like, animated, <laughs> but, like, you know, it's a, a, a skeleton. A animated skeleton. Yes. Course. Like, it, it may be Listen, I saw how stronger easily than you think. With no muscles. Well, I, I mean, it also doesn't have any cartilage got, or, or collagen, wrecked. so how the fuck is his joints, like, bones going to stick Anytime together? Anytime you see something like that, a wizard did it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I saw how easily they got wrecked in uh, uh, Army of Darkness, so not overly worried. Uh, what about you? Um, so I would join the guys and gals at Pacific Rim. Okay. I want a mech suit. I want a big fucking mech suit See, i want to destroy things that's that's just a mech big big mech suit it's not really a mech suit that's just a mech because ashzilla ashzilla like, oh no it's ashzilla gamma rash gamma rash that sounds bad like moth rash, rash. <laughs> yeah rash, rash. yeah, yeah kind of itchy king Ghidorah. <laughs> See again with the rash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't to want, scab over. You don't want the rash. It's like ah, I'll make you all itchy. <laughs> the thrash of the rash. Yeah. Um, and we would hunt Republicans. Oh, those are scary monsters. <laughs> right, the scariest monsters around. I would hunt the most dangerous game of all. Patriarchal Mad. Christian Republicans. Yes. Yes. Start in Texas. Uh, but we want to hear from you folks. We want to know who you would want to join and what monsters you would want to hunt. Now, I would say if I had like a Jaeger from Pacific Rim, hunting skeletons would be way easier. You can just step on them and crush them into dust. Like that'd be super easy, barely an inconvenience. But I mean, like skeletons really aren't a monster, though. Yeah, I guess. But like, if they're reanimated, like, like you know, like the like the mummies universal. aren't monsters monsters or like well i mean at least a mummy makes more sense because it has the wrappings that's keeping it all together and they're very well preserved like they just ain't got no organs well they they do but they're in jars yeah and they have some of their organs like still intact or like or like godzilla are you gonna go hunt kaiju no i just said i will take a jaeger and hunt skeletons like that would be easy (laughs) me and the monster squad me and me and horace would be drift compatible (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we both like candy bars. Like, really? Is that is that it? We, we, we both we, have we're great really compatible. We both like candy bars, and we have great one-liners. Yeah, it'd be great. So, we want to hear from you. Let us know who you would join and what monsters you would hunt. Let us know at Throwdown Thursday Podcast at Gmail dot com. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. 
When we come back, we are going to be discussing all things Van Helsing uh, and the different versions of them because there's a lot of different, like, Lauren, obviously we can't. We are not going to have time to go into all of it. You, we're going to touch base on some stuff, but yeah. uh, you'll find that out when we come right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast, it's the greatest show in history. From the Dorkening Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. And Helsing, you murderer! Why can't you tell the world I work for you? Because we do not exist. My life, my job, my curse is to vanquish evil. We need you to go to the east, to the far side of Romania. A land that is home to legendary creatures. I see the wolf man hasn't killed you yet. Don't worry, he's getting to it. Lorded over by Count Dracula. It is a place where nightmares come to life. I'm Helsing. He's the first one to kill a vampire in over a hundred years. I'd say that sent him a drink. Now, a man without a past. Do you have any family, Mr. Van Helsing? I hope to find out someday. It's what keeps me going. We'll face an enemy that never dies. In 1462, Dracula was banished to an icy fortress. And then the devil gave him wings. And uncover a secret he never imagined. Castle Dracula. Hello, Gabriel. We have such history, you and I. How do you know me? From the director of The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. Oh my God. Hugh Jackman. Kate Beckinsale. How do I kill him? No one knows how to kill Dracula. If you're late, run like hell. Don't be late. Stephen Summers. And 
We are back. So that was the trailer for the 2004 film Van Helsing, which, you know, if you haven't seen it, I think you should. If you enjoyed The Mummy, you would enjoy this. If you enjoyed, you know, like movies like that, um, like it's not, it doesn't take itself overly seriously. Like there's some funny parts to it. It's a lot of fun. The Gravedigger's um, death. The uh, the action in it is pretty well done and the Decent the monsters CGI. and the costuming and everything is just fantastic it's it's uh it's a really delightful film it's one of those movies that uh i didn't see in theaters but i did see when it came out and i ended up buying it and um we have the steel book steel book blu-ray uh, like I, I used to, it, it was one of those movies that I had watched so much that I would fall asleep watching it because, you know, it's just, you know, what's happening. You don't really have to pay attention to it. It was just kind of like a, you know, not necessarily white noise, but you know, I would watch it until I Background. got tired yeah. and fell asleep and would just keep it on. I mean, you know, nothing but sweet dreams of Hugh Jackman really huge jacked man uh, but this is a really fun film and it's one of those films kind of like uh, what we talked about last week that uh, horror fans are kind of divided on um, some of them really love it and think it's a lot of fun obviously we're we're of those people uh, and some people just hate it you know they hate and it which it's I mean, goofy and it's not it's not it, serious because it doesn't and, take itself too seriously um, and there's some ridiculous shit in there you know you were saying off air it, there's a lot of parallels to the mummy and you know in well, the I said it earlier in the, in the aspect that uh, it doesn't take itself too seriously it's almost like a horror version of indiana jones yeah yeah, apparently agree. <laughs> moose agrees with me um you're very chatty today um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where like even well, like the, the bad guys. I'm sorry, don't she's so seem... needy right now. Yeah, we're theorizing that the cats are a little bit more needy than usual because I've not been home, and it's they're used to having someone home that they can ignore. Now that there's no one home to ignore, they actually have to pay attention to us. So. They're kind of mad about that, but at the same time want attention. But yeah, it it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like, and there are some like fairly gruesome parts, like the little dwarf dudes getting dropped into like the acid. And um, I will say though, this is my favorite version of Frankenstein's monster. I think he, he has never looked fucking cooler. Ah. Uh... He does look cool. Uh, it's definitely not my favorite, uh, oh, like favorite look, version. Like, oh, you're the yeah, favorite the look. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I think yeah, it's yeah. a very uh, interesting take on the universal monsters. And I love the fact that Van Helsing himself is a monster hunter. He's working for the church. Um, you get a little bit more about, you know, his backstory and who he is and stuff. But I liked that it was almost like a, a fresh take on these characters that we that we know. It's also heavily implied that he is the Archangel Gabriel. Well, we can get into that yeah. in a moment. But the character of Van Helsing himself was actually introduced in the 1987, not 19, 1897 gothic horror novel Dracula 
by Bram Stoker. And he's actually Professor Abraham Van Helsing, named after Bram Stoker himself. Yes, yeah. And in this, he was more so a scholar than a monster hunter. And if I recall correctly, he got entangled with Dracula's doings because somebody sought him out. Yeah, somebody came to him and looked for help. Like, hey, you're a professor. Can you help us? Because he was very uh, worldly and knowledgeable about different diseases and whatnot. And uh, somebody had... Yeah, so... um, I forget if it was like a his his betrothed or, or somebody close to this person had vampirism and was they were looking for a cure. They didn't know exactly what it was and stuff. So I mean that that's the novel version and obviously the character of Van Helsing has been portrayed numerous times in media. Well, I was going to say the the you know, I know you misread the date at the beginning, but the first time I was introduced to Van Helsing was 1987 in The Monster Squad. Like I had no idea who Van Helsing was. And you know, like we saw with say Castlevania, all the different Belmonts, uh it's very similar only, you know, to a much more like action-heavy extent. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's like they hunt vampires where, you know, Van Helsing has always been portrayed by folks like Peter Cushing, you know, like not somebody that you would think of like, oh, this 70 year old man is an action star. Um, more along the lines of almost like a Sherlock Holmes, but instead of like solving crimes and like being really observant and good at what he does that way. It's more like I'm going to find somewhere in this book a way to beat you, Dracula, because he can't compete with him physically. Like that's some of the things that we've seen changed over the years. Right. And that is actually brought up a little bit in this film. You know, Van Helsing himself. So he's he's Gabriel Van Helsing. He's you know, they 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 changed the name to uh, benefit this new story of this character that they created. It's Gaby, baby. (laughs) You know, so he's supposed to be like a reincarnation of the archangel Gabriel. And uh, Dracula is supposed to be Satan. Or, you know, some type of Lucifer-like character. Yeah, because Um, in the the movie, uh, Anna even says something like, you know, he was locked up and the devil gave him wings. Yes. So he's like some sort of fallen angel. Uh, Maybe not Satan himself. Are you sure it wasn't Red Bull? Did Rebel give him wings? Rebel, Rebel? I said Red Bull. I know. I'm, just I'm stuffy. I'm sorry. You are a rebel traitor and a spy. <laughs> rebel, 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 rebel. Um, but yeah, like the uh, like the the lore and the mythology is great. The thing that I have an issue with is like they have all this information and all this knowledge, including the missing piece of the 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 uh, Latin inscription that needs to be read. And they waited in like 400 years to do anything about it. Is it Horacta Veractu Nictu? Klaatu Varada Nicktoo. That's it. I'm like, what the hell are you saying? Are you you know what I was throat? saying, yes. Um, <coughs> uh, the right, only then. issue I had was... Well, I, didn't, I didn't say what my issue was. Okay, what's your issue? 
we find out that the only way to defeat Dracula is with a werewolf, and like nobody knows this. I mean, everybody knows that you need a werewolf to defeat Dracula, but like nobody tells Van Helsing, and it's just by chance that he gets bitten by a werewolf. Like he didn't set out to do that. He wasn't like, in order, and I think that would have made the movie way better. Like, in order to defeat Dracula, the only way to do it is is with a werewolf. And he's like, then I must get bitten by a werewolf. Like, and like if that was his whole mission, that would have been way cooler. They're werewolves, not, not swear werewolves. Uh, no, I think my only issue uh, was Kate Beckinsale's horrible Russian Transylvanian accent. She was Romanian. It was terrible. Well, she's... Your reputation precedes you, Van Helsing. Like, that was terrible. I mean, that was terrible, but that was my <laughs> interpretation of what she was saying. No, and it's and a vampire in over years. It's like a bad Nadia. It's like if uh, if Nadia from Nadia's doll, uh, what we do in the shadows and Borat had a child, that would be Kate Beckinsale's Anna Valerius. Don't kill that werewolf. He is my brother. <laughs> and Dracula it's comes nice. out after after they kill the bride. He's like, I'm my wife. <laughs> I do want to give the uh, hair and makeup department credit. So uh, unlike last week's uh, character that we discussed from Malignant, uh, they actually did a really good job of handling the lace fronts and everything else. So uh, they actually gave Hugh Jackman extensions. Yeah, because... which I thought was a good idea because it looked more realistic, especially well, you know, also like in the midst well, he was also filming... like wearing a hat for most of it, wasn't he? He was filming uh, X Men. Yeah, he was. He was in the midst of filming all the X Men films and the Wolverine film. I think the Wolverine came out in '06, <coughs> and but like the first couple of X Men films came out in like '02, '03, '04, like somewhere in in that area like there were X-Men films that he was in playing Wolverine from werewolf to Wolverine you know I've actually had conversations with people where they're like yeah a wolf and a Wolverine are the same thing it's like no they're not a Wolverine is like a badger like it's like a more pissed off badger Uh, Wolverines will fight bears Uh, and a wolf is like a big puppy they're not remotely the same thing I mean like they're vicious they're vicious, like, but a wolverine's probably more vicious than a wolf is. But, like, wolverines don't travel in packs the way wolves do, and they're not nearly the same size. A wolverine is, like, slightly bigger than, you know, a good-sized house cat. And a wolf is fucking huge. So one of the things that I actually enjoyed about this specific incarnation of Van Helsing is the fact that he's a monster hunter. He's just he isn't just solely looking for Dracula. And at that point, he didn't you know, he he wasn't looking for Dracula. When we're we're introduced to him, he is uh, after Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Mr. Hyde. Hyde. Mr. Hyde more than Dr. Jekyll. Well, yes. Although he does say that he would prefer uh Mr. H- uh Dr. Jekyll to Mr. Hyde like to take him in and like help cure him. Yes. Um but he doesn't consider them monsters. You know, he says a couple of times during the film about how like people don't understand what it's like watching these creatures when they turn back into the men they once were. 
you know, like when he killed Mr. Hyde and Dr. Jekyll, you know, came out like as he's in free fall from, you know, Notre Dame, you know, he's just like, where am I? What happened? And then the next thing you know is he's splattered on the pavement. And that's why Van Helsing was wanted. He was a wanted person because all of these people, they don't see the monsters that he's, he's killing, the monsters that he's after. They see the deceased men. Right. They just think it's like, oh, this guy died. And also that Wendigo isn't bothering us anymore. <laughs> right. Like there, there's absolutely no correlation yeah. between the two. Yeah, I've never seen these two people in the same place at the same time, but there's no way Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yeah, it's it's uh this was supposed to launch like a cinematic universe, and I would have much preferred this to the dark universe that we sort of got are getting. I don't know what's going on because that mummy movie with Tom Cruise tried to shoehorn in an awful lot and like have that be like origin story cuz wasn't Johnny Depp supposed to be the invisible man? And like I I believe so. There was uh you know, obviously the mummy and you know, Russell Crowe was Doctor Jekyll and then you had uh the hand of the creature from the Black Lagoon on the desk. But I think that uh this one would have been way better, but because it wasn't well received and again, underappreciated in its time, um, you know, much like the the mummy films which made just enough to justify a sequel the next year or two years later um this one there's so many directions i could have gone in and i loved carl the uh i forget his the actor's name but he's the same actor from 300 and he also played faramir in the lord of the rings um like he was really fun he was kind of like you know, Renaissance Q from James Bond, you know, because he came up and he's, you know, making all these different inventions like the, the repeating crossbow, which was pretty great. Oh, yeah. You made the uh, comment that this version of Van Helsing is almost like a uh, uh, a gothic Batman. Yeah. I mean, he really, he has, like, all Because of all different... the gadgets and everything that he had, yep. uh, you know, things shooting out from his, you know, his coat, his wrists. He had little gadgets and, uh, you know, yeah, everywhere. The little, the little hand saws that he used, the, uh, the, because uh, he could throw them you and know, catch them. Because before he was turned into a werewolf, he really didn't have any super, he had no superpowers. No. Aside didn't. from the fact that he is this reincarnation of this, this angel from centuries ago but he didn't know about that you know he's going off on these adventures uh with the tools that he has having you know i mean he was a very strong person and like we said at the time hugh jackman was prepping to play or was in the process of filming x-men so he was playing wolverine so he's pretty bulked up for that um yeah you know and and in this for the most part he was you know it's almost like they were kind of trying to hide that fact a little bit until he turned into until exactly until he turned into the werewolf and that's when they all the clothes come off showed you know his muscles and everything but it's like he achieved that because he was bit by the werewolf so how this all came about was uh the the cardinal at the Vatican. Who is that, also in The Mummy Returns. Uh, that Van Helsing works for, is indebted to uh, 
gives Van Helsing a mission, go to Transylvania, destroy Dracula, and protect the two survivors of an ancient Romanian family, the Valerius. Their ancestor vowed that his descendants would kill Dracula or spend eternity in purgatory. He gives Van Helsing the corner of a medieval painting that reads, In the name of God, open this door, and bears the same insignia, insignia as Van Helsing's ring. So again, kind of like the mummy, you know, it's like, oh, that picture is like my tattoo. It's like, oh, hey, yeah, the, the that, mark of the that, Magi. that, you know, marking on that painting is like this ring that I have. Like, oh, what a coincidence. Yeah, it's just like, oh, isn't that fun? You, you know, know, and so that's why he goes off to find Dracula. He goes to Transylvania to find Dracula, and in the process, he uh, runs into Anna Valerius, you know, played by Kate Beckinsale. And if you can get past the really cheesy accent, her character's pretty badass. Yeah, she's... I. And, you know, I know that she didn't want to play this because, you know, it was too close to, a, you know, a, a character that she was playing in the underworld. Selena. But, but like, it's so Which different. Which we covered in episode two. But, like, it's, it's <laughs> so different because she herself is not a vampire. Right. In this. Like, she's fighting vampires, but, you know, it's presented in... Uh, a very different way than her character, you know, in in those in those films. So, you know, I feel like she kind of had nothing to worry about as far as being typecast and stuff goes. And ultimately, she teams up with Van Helsing, uh, knowing that Dracula has captured her brother, captured captured her brother Velkin, who had turned into a werewolf because of a botched attempt to kill a werewolf. Yes. Well. It, it, well. It, yes. Yes, and that's why Dracula captured him. Yes, because he was a fresh werewolf. Because he wanted to kind of of like keep him as his pet and use him. To help run the electricity through his body. Like they were trying to wake an army of his undead children. You know, that he had had three wives and they had thousands of like weird. It kind of looked like the Bat Boy from Weekly World News. A little bit, yeah. There's just thousands of them, but like they needed to have like an electrical current uh, always running through them in order to sustain life, and that's where Frankenstein and the monster came in because that was the opening scene. Is like, hey, you're able to do this, great. Now I'll just take your technology and uh, use it for myself. But Frankenstein ends up dying, and they find out that you know they're not quite as smart as Frankenstein. And they need to find his creation in order to make this work because he kept trying to use the, uh, you know, Anna's family. And he's like, well, I'm hoping that, you know, even directly even tells him, he's like, I'm hoping that with the werewolf venom running through your veins, you won't prove to be as useless as your father. But again, it didn't work. So they had to hunt down the creature. Like the whole thing at the beginning like all of this gets kicked into motion because they're hunting for a werewolf and somehow there's only one gun with silver bullets everybody's got guns though but only one has silver bullets which to me is an oversight because if you're hunting a werewolf everybody should have silver bullets I mean that's I mean that makes sense to you, right? Like that 
It's like, what kills yes, a werewolf? It, silver bullets. We all have guns. Should we all have silver bullets? No, just just uh, just one of us should. But again, they need to fuel the the plot. So right. Um, so uh, Van Helsing gets into this brawl with Velkin, the werewolf, and ultimately Van Helsing kills Velkin. But uh, to which Velkin thanks him. As you know, he's that regaining seems to be a his. Theme with werewolves, when you know, they when get he's killed. when he's uh, regained his human form as he's you know passing away, he thanks Van Helsing, but not before Vulcan the werewolf has maimed, not maimed, but marked yeah, Van Helsing. Yeah, he he bit him and passed it on to him, which happens to be a good thing. So because nobody brought silver bullets to a werewolf fight. The other guy get turned into a werewolf. He proves to be useless and ends up fighting with Van Helsing, biting him and turning him into the only thing that can defeat Dracula. Right. And then later they find out uh, that, uh, so it's Carl who explains that Dracula is actually the son of Valerius the Elder. So he's actually related to Anna and Velkin, you know, in a very distant way. Uh, when he was killed in 1462 by, quote, the left hand of God, uh, Dracula made a covenant with the devil and lived again. Valerius was told to kill, to kill Dracula and gain salvation for his entire family. Unable to kill his son, he imprisoned him in an icy fortress. The fragment the cardinal gave Van Helsing reveals the way. So Van Helsing was actually given the map to find where everything was right like the last the last piece of the puzzle even though he didn't speak latin so it's a good thing he grabbed carl and brought him with him right that was also also convenient to the plot um well it's not like carl had anything else going gone carl was inventing stuff and getting laid this is true yes but you know at the end of the day that you are a monk technically i'm a friar oh (laughs) this changes everything (laughs) he was making breakfast he was making breakfast he was cooking up some eggs and he's like "Ooh, out of the frying pan and into the fryer so that was funny everyone knows that they find out that the only cure not only cure but the only thing that can kill like fully kill a a drac you know, kill dracula kill a vampire is a werewolf because they're almost like the yin and yang to each other so uh conveniently van helsing has been turned into a werewolf or he has that blood running through him so they come up with this whole plan uh you know on the full moon to use Van Helsing in his werewolf form to attack and kill Dracula. Meanwhile, they have to get the cure for werewolfism, uh, which Dracula happens to have, which makes sense because the only thing that can kill him, although he doesn't put it in a place that's easy to get to, um, the only thing that can kill him is a werewolf, so if one were to be powerful enough, like Gabriel... He could use that to stop him, and then nobody could stop him. And ultimately, this all comes into play. So, 
Van Helsing is able to defeat Dracula in his werewolf form. And before he completely... Because it's... um, The thing about werewolves is uh, you can be cured if it's before the end of the first full moon of your trance. Before the stroke of midnight. Right. Yeah, like they had some the, weird the, rule that they had, some weird ticking clock that I, they put I think into the film like, for you know, conflict. Either mid, it's something to do with your first transformation uh, under the first, you know, full moon. Yeah, because he, well, because he transformed into the wolf, then he transformed back because a cloud went by the moon, you know, convenient, and then he transformed back into the werewolf. Killed Dracula, uh, and Anna went to stab him with the, the, the cure, but he killed her in his rage. Right, and ultimately she dies in his arms as he's being cured from his werewolf problem. Uh, werewolf and then obviously, problem. well, yeah, it's a werewolf problem. I don't know what a werewolfism. Lycanthropy. Dogma. I don't know. Dogma. <laughs> But anyways, uh, he realizes what he has done as he's turning back into man. Um, I think this also makes him more sympathetic. I mean, he was you know, sympathetic towards the monsters that he was hunting anyways. Uh, but I think this made him more empathetic to the monsters that he was hunting at the end of the day. And, you know, he realized that he had killed her. You know, in the process of her saving him. Uh, but because Dracula had been defeated, because Dracula had been killed, uh, the Valerius siblings are no longer doomed to uh, be in purgatory. Yeah, because that was the other thing. Like, they had to uh, stop Dracula before the last one of her family died. So they did it just in time but i actually really like this specific version of this character i think it's a really interesting almost like fresh take it's something that we haven't seen before uh we all know that you know uh, van helsing is a monster killer and he you know hunts dracula and he's the good guy versus the monsters you know bad guy so to speak uh but i thought this was a really interesting take on the character and like i said it was something that we haven't seen before and they did come out with a comic book. It was a one-shot uh, comic book published by Dark Horse Comics titled Van Helsing from Beneath the Room Morgue that follows Van Helsing on a self-contained adventure that occurs during the events of the film just after the death of Jekyll Hyde in Paris, but before Van Helsing returns to Rome. In the adventure, Van Helsing deals with Dr. Moreau and his hybrid mutants. That's pretty rad. See, that's another thing they, they could have done. Oh, I wish we could have seen more of this. This uh, There was an animated universe. prequel titled Van Helsing, The London Assignment, that takes place before the main events of the film, focusing on Van Helsing's mission to try to stop Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde from terrorizing London. See, and I feel like those, especially the Dr. Moreau, Dr. Moreau is really interesting to me. And I feel like he is a character that we are going to have to cover at some point because uh, who he is and what he does is really fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, it's been parodied by The Simpsons. So that's how you know what hasn't been parodied by The Simpsons. Uh, But yeah, so in December of 2020, it was announced that the reboot 
So there was there was a reboot, then there wasn't a reboot, and now there is a reboot again. Uh, back in development, Julius Avery will serve as director in addition to doing a rewrite of an original script by Eric Pearson. James Wan will serve as producer. The project will be a joint production venture between Universal Pictures and Atomic Monster Productions. So it was announced. I, I was not able to find any more information regarding that or, uh, you know, I mean, it can take a little bit for a project to get off the ground if they decide to even take this project off the ground. I'm kind of hoping that they do. Um, it wasn't... Uh, I don't love the most recent attempt at reviving the Universal Monster. See, uh, again, I kind of liked that whole uh, that whole thing. Um, I would have liked to have seen a Van Helsing crossover with the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Like that would have been really cool because I love that movie. That's so good. Like. And again, it's a very similar style to The Mummy as, you know, and, and uh, Van Helsing. You know, it's a lot of public domain characters that can be used in in films without, you know, worrying about, like, rights and, and, and copyrights and, and trademarks and whatnot. I mean, because that's the reason why we don't see certain characters. It's, you know, some studios. Well, I mean, we all know this because of the whole Marvel Spider-Man thing. You know, and Sony the 13th. Or, or, you know, uh, owned Spider-Man. And, you know, there, there was that whole thing. So, you know, uh, some studios aren't really willing to give up the rights, even if it's just temporary, uh, to some of these characters, you know, and, and, and we, the entertainment consumers, suffer as such because we are missing out on the potential of something really great as far as, you know, especially this, this monster-verse. Yeah, the monster-verse has always been something that fascinated me. I mean, I would like to see them cross over with somebody besides, like, you know... Abbott and Costello or the Three Stooges. Like, it would be pretty great to see them, uh, you know, battling Van Helsing or anybody, you know, like, you know, like the only other analog I can come up with is like, you know, when Scooby-Doo and the gang would cross paths, like, oh, it's Scooby-Doo with Batman and Robin. It's Scooby-Doo with the Harlem Globetrotters. Like... <laughs> Those kind of like crossovers are, eh, but like, you know, having, say, Captain Nemo and, you know, Van Helsing both going after, you know, the Invisible Man for different reasons, like, that would be amazing. Like, and you haven't seen League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but after... You know, seeing how much you enjoyed Van Helsing, seeing how much you enjoyed the two Mummy films, like, I think you would absolutely love this. Like, I think, again, I think it's just one of those films that flew under my radar. Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those, it was not well-received critically. It was not well-received at the box office. They set it up for a sequel, but it never happened. But it had, like, all these, you know, Captain Nemo, The Invisible Man. Um, it had... Uh, uh, Dorian Gray, it had Alan Quartermain, Tom Sawyer like, it was very well cast. You know, I think that 
says a lot about streaming. You know, uh, a film may not do well in the box office, but once it hits like Netflix or one of these other streaming services, sometimes, you know, people who maybe didn't have either didn't have a chance to go see it or passed on it initially because of what the critics said, which, you know, side note, don't believe everything that you hear. Seriously, if you want to see a film, go see it. You know, form your own opinion. I feel like some of these critics, especially when it comes to horror films or uh, films of, of that nature, kind of like action horror, sci-fi, um, critics don't know how to... Uh, it's almost like they don't know how to process those films. You know, uh, films that, um, you know, may tell a, a decent story, have some decent acting, uh, some good characters, but the whole purpose of this film is to just be fun. Sometimes critics don't get that. Yeah, and, you know, especially now with, like, you know, online reviews and things like that where people can just go in and absolutely tank you a know, film. And and don't follow your friend you know don't don't reach out to your friends on social media either because you know these days everyone has an opinion and you know what you know whose opinion matters mine. yours right mine. so <laughs> yes Pat, patsy's opinion is the only opinion that matters but seriously if you want to see something and that's why streaming's so great because you know you're not necessarily throwing money at it you know i'm gonna pay for netflix well, regardless you, you are, well, well yeah but, but what i'm saying yeah. is I'm, I'm paying for netflix regardless but you know you're not paying for netflix. i'm Netflix, paying for Netflix so I, I have, you know, constant access to Shit's Creek, you know, 24-7. You know, like everything else is just a, is just a bonus, you know. Um, so I, I think. Yeah, mm. and the other thing is, you know, I stopped giving out ratings for movies that way, you know, for that very reason. I just say, if you liked X, Y, and Z, you might like this movie. I would recommend that you check it out because you might find it to be enjoyable. Like, I don't say, like, oh, A+, plus, you know, you know, C-, minus. you know, it's... Well, and I, I've, I don't give my opinions on things. If somebody posts that they're watching a film and it's something that I enjoy, I'll be like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll focus on the positive. But I don't... There's enough negativity out there already you know, if you like something that I don't, I'm not going to yuck your yum. You know, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, this movie sucked. Like, you know what? Good for you. You're watching a movie and you like it. Live your best life. You know, fuck my opinion. Seriously. Uh, but, but yeah, so and, and I think this is one of those films that um, kind of fell into that category. You know, the critics hated it. And we didn't even talk about really the fact that Hugh Jackman was cast for this. I don't believe anybody else was really approached for this role. I think that they were like, oh, you know what? We want this guy. And he was kind of, you know, this was the early 2000s. He was definitely the it guy. You know, during the early uh, incarnations of the X-Men, when he was Wolverine, like all of those films, Hugh Jackman was in a lot of things. A lot of things. He did a lot of romantic comedies. In like the late in the in the late 1900s, he did a lot of romantic comedies. Um, there's one that he did. Oh, someone like you with Ashley Judd is actually pretty freaking good. Greg Kinnear is in it as well. Um, oh God, I'm drawing a, a, to Ellen. Ellen? 
Barkin? Ellen Barkin, yes. Oh, I was just throwing a name no, out No, Ellen Barkin is in it. I think that's her. Uh, but it, it, and Marissa Tomei is in it. It's a fabulous cast. It's, it's really good. And he, you know, he's a... He, Hugh Jackman does not get enough credit for his acting ability because he did a lot of action stuff. I believe it wasn't until he was in The um, the Greatest Showman. I think that's what it's called. The Greatest Show, The Greatest Showman. Yeah, Greatest Showman uh, about P.T. Barnum. Right. And aside from the fact that the actual person is, you know, P.T. Barnum was not the best person but in regards to this film uh hugh jackman was fabulous on it he was so good so good uh and i really enjoy him as an actor so i i thought he was fantastic in this role he likes to sing well i mean he can sing he was um was he on broadway in the uh the boy from oz no he was doing uh, wolverine origins the musical uh, directed oh, oh. by Steven Sondheim. That's it. Yes, yeah. music by Co- Andrew Lloyd Webber. Choreographed by Bob Fosse. Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, he was also in Logan uh, by Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> yes. Um, no, I mean, he, he did... Uh, wasn't he in uh, some other fucking musical, too? Uh... uh the Miserables. Wasn't he in that? Les Miserables, yes, he was also in that. Um and he also did that weird like tree of life movie where like the tree grew out of him and like I don't know, the fountain something like that. He did that. He did uh Are you sure you just weren't on drugs? No, he at the end of that movie like a, a he found like the fountain of youth, but it turns out like he got absorbed into like the tree hive mind. I, I don't know. It's weird. I haven't seen it, but I've seen the ending of it. Like I've seen the clip of it, and he's just like, like all this vegetation starts growing out of his stomach, and he gets over, overrun and turned into a tree. It's weird. I don't know. It's kind of like the ruins, but like it's like no, it's like regeneration and rebirth. This is a good thing. It's like no, dude's a tree now. <laughs> um, but his, yeah, his, his personality is kind of wooden. He, yeah, yeah, it was very stiff. Uh, Just leave him alone. Yeah. He should branch out, try some new things, you know. But he just wants to stick to his roots. I was just gonna make a roots <laughs> pun. God damn you! Photosynthesis. <laughs> yeah, chlorophyll. Uh, he's had his chlorophyll of those roles. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's he's done a lot of good stuff. I, like he can do funny, he can do you know romantic, he can do comedic. Was it like Kate and Leopold or something? He yes, was in? yes, with Meg Ryan. Um, like I remember seeing the commercial for it. She's like, "What happened to your neck?" And he had a hickey, and he's like, "Oh, I bit myself shaving." Like, what do you reckon my stuff for she Cats. wants a, she wants attention she's acting out she doesn't care if she gets good attention or bad attention um but yeah like i recommend seeing this movie like if you like the mummy or you liked league of extraordinary gentlemen if you've seen either of those if you enjoyed those i think you'd enjoy van helsing because it's very similar uh you know very similar style uh stylistically uh, aesthetically it looks very similar 
Well, and um, here's the thing. The, a lot uh, of steampunky type stuff. Yeah, that's how I was going to describe the Frankenstein. He was very steeampunk. Like... I thought that was a very cool. Uh, yeah, very visually it was very take. interesting. Like, uh, if you've seen League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, like Captain Nemo's car, like which is essentially a goddamn Batmobile, um, but his car, um, you know, some of the gadgets that he had, you know, very very cool stuff. So she's, she's got a little blep. Oh, a little she's blep. Cute. All right, so I'm gonna. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm all set with, with, with this. Yeah, so we need to go to break so we can yeah. give our cat attention because, you know, clearly she's a latchkey child and yes. uh, is starved for attention. And when we come back, we're going to wrap this up. Yeah, that's right. So we'll be back in just a moment. Do you have a hankering for horror knowledge? We have such sights to show you. Do you require raging retro reviews? <laughs> Do you desire discussions with devastatingly dashing dorks? To have a free the Dorkening Podcast Network has nearly 30 shows to satisfy all of your nerdy, geeky, and dorky needs. From horror reviews and celebrity interviews. Hi, I'm Adam Green, the director of the Hatchet Films and the star of Allison. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Epis for Family. Hi, guys. This is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. As well as nostalgic trips into the past, pop culture, the latest in entertainment news, and so much more. Featuring a variety of shows and hosts that will simultaneously enrage, enlighten, and entertain you. Check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. My mom says I'm cool. Available on iTunes, Spotify, thedorkening.com, and wherever fine podcasts can be found. enjoyed that episode um you know there's a lot of stuff about van helsing that we could probably go into a deeper dive on or probably be like a two or three hour episode right and that's something that we'll do in the future uh definitely um like we said there's a lot of different incarnations of this character we focused on the one gave you some slight background as to where the character came from you know it's a initial conception but um you know, this character has been done so many different times. And, you know, the great thing about it is it is a character that we can revisit and cover a completely different part or, you know, different different portrayal of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about Peter Cushing. Like, you know, he crossed over in the Hammer films into um, 
into like Kung Fu Shaw Brothers territory in The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, which you can check out if you check out The East Meets the West. Uh, uh, Rigor and I uh, covered that one, um, which I enjoyed, but I thought it would have been way better if we could have gotten some, uh, some uh, what you call it, uh, some actual like Venom mob action in that one. But that's uh, for another time. But we do have some battle results for you. We do. So last week we threw down double trouble, hashtag twinning, which team of sinister siblings has what it takes to demolish their opponents and be the last twins standing. And the location? Twin Cincinnati. So I was trying to remember. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, you're the one who said it. I know, but it feels like it was a month ago. Uh, so you could choose from... Emily May and Gabriel from Malignant, Bart Simpson and Hugo from the Treehouse of Horror episode of The Simpsons, uh, Dwayne and Belial from Basket Case, or the Grady Twins from The Shining. And Twitter, uh, there's there's two different winners. So Twitter chose Emily May and Gabriel from Malignant. And Facebook chose Bart Simpson and Hugo. Bart and Hugo. Yep. Interesting. Those fish heads. I think I went with uh, Belial and uh, Dwayne and Belial. La 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 fish heads. But yeah, you need to you need to see those movies too. Uh, I actually get to interview Kevin Van Hentenrick, and uh, it was pretty great. He actually. Um, I told him that our our good buddy Monster Zero is a huge fan of Basket Case and of him. And he uh, he agreed to do like a little shout out, just being like, "Hey, I hope you're doing well. Hope things are all right." You know, and I clipped that and I sent it to him. You know, kind of made his day. So it was pretty great. Um, we have some good stuff coming up for you for spooky season. Uh, we have a lot of stuff that we haven't care uh, covered before that we are kind of surprised that we've neglected. Uh, I think next week we're covering. Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which if you have not seen it, please do. It's one of the Tucker greatest. Tucker and Dale are some fantastic characters, and the film itself is just Tyler Labine and and uh, Alan Tudyk are just. I mean, Alan Tudyk, I've said many times on the show, is a national goddamn treasure, and he's just phenomenal. And this is one of the best horror comedies out there. So. This one, I a million percent say everyone should watch if you are a horror fan, uh, especially if you're tired of the same old boring tropes, because sometimes it's all a matter of perspective. But yeah, we'll we'll talk more about that next time, because that's, that's one of our favorites, too, and we've had a few people watch it, and no one's been like, man, that movie was awful. Everyone who's watched it was like, oh my god, where has this been my whole life? It's uh, it's one of our go-tos when people rec- you know, ask us to recommend something. They're like, you know, can you recommend like a horror film? Or, That's you not, know, you know, but funny, like not scary. Because not everyone is into horror like us and some of our friends are. You know, uh, we're really ingrained in the horror community and the average person is not so uh you know when they're looking for something spooky uh you know a little gory kind of like to to dip their toes into the uh, horror genre this is a perfect way to do so also um we recommend Shaun of the dead 
in the same vein because you know again it's like that it's that horror comedy or a zombie if you will for Shaun of the dead um you know it's uh still satisfies the uh the horror aesthetic while remaining you know lighthearted. it's a zom rom-com so we're gonna do a quick uh what you watching so i know patsy has not been watching much of anything i've been watching production of a film sometimes i get to see scenes other times i'm driving to the store other times i'm pulling stuff up out of the mud and getting incredibly dirty and like soaking through my shoes and socks to the point that even my feet are full of dirt after I take off my shoes and socks. But always, you know, whether it's, you know, whether you're a production assistant on a film or whether you're just going into a new situation, always have an extra pair of shoes and socks, uh, shorts and a shirt if you can, or pants, whatever. Um, we had an absolute fucking monsoon the other day. And, like, it rained off and on during the day. But, you know, I was relatively dry. You know, I wasn't too worried about driving home. Then I did a trash run at the end of the night, loaded up one of the golf carts with trash, threw it on there, and it just absolutely poured. Like, all of a sudden, like, the intensity ratcheted up a million percent, and I got absolutely soaked. But luckily, I'd brought an extra pair of shorts. I found a shirt in my car. Uh, I had extra shoes. So being able to put all that on after a 13, 14-hour day of just being in the rain outside, it was great. So that's what I've been watching. Ashes, what you watching? <laughs> so I've been watching this series on Hulu, and I cannot say enough awesome, amazing things about it. It's called The Only Murders in the Building. It is true crime. It is, fo- well, I mean, it's kind of true. It's it's not true crime, but it's uh, based off of, like, true crime podcasts, and uh, it's, it's funny, um not really gory but there's a lot of mystery to it and the cast is fantastic steve martin um martin short uh even selena gomez is really good in this uh nathan lane is in it like this cast is phenomenal even my mother watches this and it's because she loves steve martin and martin short you know if you too schmooze yeah uh you know, uh, it, it's really not her uh, genre of choice, per se, but she's having so much fun with these characters that she can kind of, uh, you know, get over the past that, you know, it's a murder that happened and stuff like that. My mom's not really into that stuff. Uh, even my sister watches it, too. She's a little more into the the, 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 the crime stuff than my mom is. But, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's fun for the whole family. Uh, but it's great. And this most recent episode, like, boom, bombshell dropped. And I kind of figured something like that was happening but i wasn't expecting it to happen in the way that it happened and like my sister was texting me while i was at work the day that they you know it's a it's an episode a week 
So she, she sees it before you do. She's yeah, and she was texting me and like going crazy. She's like, Oh my god, you need to see this. I'm like, Oh my god, I'm at work right now. Uh but <laughs> as soon as I got home and was able to, I watched it and it is it is so and the episodes are only a half hour ish long. Sting is in it. There's a dog. Gordy. Uh, Wait, Sting the wrestler or Sting the Singer? Sting the Singer. All right, Gordy. Yeah. Um it's fantastic, and it's really witty and well-written. Does, does he tell the murderers that wherever they go, he'll be watching them? There are some puns made. Like, you would actually really like this. Well, this it's that's not a pun so rather... much as like a reference to the fact that... Right, but, but they say... I'm with the police. <laughs> <laughs> Shit like that. You would like the writing of this. I'm sure. Like, I just... Uh, I do have to amend my previous statement because uh, we have been keeping up with What If. Um, we have been keeping up. Uh, we watched most of uh, the new Star Wars uh, Visions. And we just last night, because uh, I, I, by the time I get home, I have enough time to like hit the bathroom, shower, eat, and go to bed. Uh, but while we're eating, we watch a show together. And last night we had the new, the two new episodes of Bob's Burgers and The Simpsons uh, season premieres. So we were we were able to watch those. So I watched those. So we had The Simpsons, uh, What If, and uh, Visions that I've been checking out. We've also been following along with the well, new season of What We Do in the yes, Shadows. Yes, I was going to say that one too. But that that's a little easier because that comes out. Like if you it comes out on Thursday, so like you can watch it on Hulu on Friday. Although Fridays are late nights, but we watch it on Saturday. Oh, also the Great North. Yes, the new episode of the Great North. Yes, yes, season three. I think it's season three. Um, that's a pretty good show too. If you if you like, it's like Jenny Slate and Will Forte and uh, Dulce Sloan and Alanis Morissette and. Um, Nick Offerman, uh, and it all takes place at this in this town in uh, Alaska. It's pretty. It's pretty good. It's kind of like if Bob's Burgers took place in Alaska, but like instead of Bob, it was Nick. Uh, uh, Ron Swanson. Ron Swan. I was gonna call him Ron Johnson. I knew that wasn't right. I'm fucking exhausted. Uh, so before I do any other dumb stuff, uh, don't forget to check out next week. We are uh, going to be talking Tucker and Dale versus Evil. And we will be at the uh, Monster Expo with the Dorkening Network. In that two is weeks. Ashtober 16th and 17th. That is actually Ashtober the Prime. weekend of Ashtoberfest. Yes. So fun shenanigans shall ensue. In our suite. Um, it is it is sweet yes <laughs> um, but uh, that is at the seaport inn and marina in fairhaven massachusetts you can search monsta that's with a a expo uh, on facebook for more information yep and i think with that being said we, we will see you next thursday, thursday.